This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email money at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. With gift-giving holidays just a couple of months away, Money Talks will have a conversation today about holiday debt. We'll talk about having a budget, strategically hitting the sales, and paying for purchases now rather than on credit in the new year. And our team can also take your general personal finance questions this morning. All you need to do is give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Enjoying the cooler weather. It's been quite a quite a change there. Yeah. It's uh, very nice. In fact, I, I slept in my window open. Last night, uh-huh. wonderful. Winter is here, <laughs> probably so. From Mississippi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about some, against, guys? Uh, financial news in the news. Well, the first Friday of every month, we get jobs numbers, and that's always a big deal. I've talked about this a lot before. Um, our jobs norm- numbers this um, time around, we see a very low unemployment rate, which is good news if you're looking for a job or you're looking to um, swap to a higher paying job. The job market is very tight. The number that investors pay more attention to, though, is the number of jobs created. And it was kind of tepid, but we had some uh, revisions of previous months, so we're kind of just like, meh, at this point. Right or anything? Well, I was just going to say, I know that this show is about getting ready for the, the end of year holidays, Christmas holidays, buying gifts and all that, but we have several holidays to go before we get there, so yeah. you know, maybe we can mix in, like, you know, if you're going to buy everybody uh, candy for Christmas, buy it after Halloween. I don't know. Hot tips like that. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Nancy and I were talking about this before we went on the air, but I got zapped by the uh, paperless bill. Apparently, I had a small... Easy to do. Right. Yeah. Had a small balance left on one of my credit cards, and I they might have been sent to me, but I don't remember seeing, hey, here's your bill. And finally this month, I saw that and I thought to myself, well, I don't owe anything on that. And sure enough, I looked and I had an $11 balance that had been, it was almost 120 days overdue. I had 12 cents of interest each month. And that hits your credit, right? right? Yeah, right. it hurts your know. credit score. So I'm thinking about maybe creating a new email address, because that's my problem is you get so much junk email that the important stuff like that sometimes slips through. And the paperless bills really put the burden on us to pay attention to those things and to monitor that. And it's so easy, especially the more cards you have, which is why I always say it's better just to focus on one card. Well, and I'll I'll admit to that, too. I I have a couple and I had I had done some things where I had multiple balances, small, multiple balances on cards. And I've learned the 
lesson again that the less you have to worry about, the less chance you will forget that you have a little balance on one of them. It happens, and it can really hurt your score and hurt you when you're then ready to buy a car or purchase that house. If there only there was some way you could say... Gosh, sorry. <laughs> Just forgot about that You one. should be able to. You should have a little bit of a, a, a grace period or at least a number of times that you can miss something and they won't hit you with that. And also, I would hope, too, that if you have a nice credit record and you have one slip up every now and then, that it won't be as Tragic, bad as, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. So we are going to talk today about uh, holiday spending and ways to, first of all, limit it on the front end. And so then uh, that you don't accumulate some debt. Uh, We'll start. uh, Step one is to plan ahead and maybe stick to a budget. So I I don't know. Does anybody ever when Christmas shopping, I guess, is kind of what we're talking about for the most part here. Have a, you know, I'll spend X on this person and and like that. I mean, do you think anybody does that? I think um, especially if you have multiple children in your family uh, most of the time parent- you give more to your favorite child and then, and then your, your this least, is, this your is least coming favorite from my child. favorite child over here uh-huh. yeah um, no you 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 want to make it even and, um, oh. and and so that's where I hear parents talk about uh, having a certain number and trying to even it out among all of their children okay um, so, sorry, I lost my so, place. Here. So sometimes it's not necessarily about like, oh, let's just set a hard dollar amount. Like everyone gets, you know, we're going to do up to $50. Oh, we spent $45 on so-and-so and 35 on him. So we got to spend 10 more dollars. But more, um, sometimes what I do is kind of keep the theme of the gifts uh, similar. And so, you know, you're probably going to end up in a similar price range. I was just talking to a friend who was saying his plan this year, he's been thinking about, he reads a ton of books. He listens to a lot of podcasts. He's always trying to learn. He, and he, so he has ideas of books he wants to give to all of his friends. And so everyone is going to get a book. And, you know, some of them are going to be $10 and some of them are going to be 35 But but that's a way of not necessarily setting your dollar limit, but um, setting a budget through what the gift is, um, which will make it, you know, it's going to be very easy for him to see pretty easily how, how much he's going to spend and, you know, staying in within that ultimately dollar budget. Um, one thing that I've done as well is that you sort of shop for holiday gift giving throughout the year. And so if there's something you see. Yeah, but I forget. Well, uh, I, I might buy something and put it up and then I forget I had it. Well, that's. Or you're like, oh, this looks nice. I could use this. <laughs> hey, where'd this come from? I need one of those. Actually, that was funny because I, my sister has a dog that she likes to dress up. And so I was going to buy a dog sweater and I called my mother about it in. I think it was, you know, last month or whatever. And uh, she said, you're, you're buying Christmas gifts already? And I thought, well, yeah, you know, you can get, get it out of the way. You know, get some, don't have to worry about it or whatever. So, although I found it's, it's a little more difficult shopping for a dog sweater than I might have thought because they want you to measure the dog and this sort of thing. And I'm like, well, I don't And you don't know how big the dog is. Right. And, so. You know, you don't know if the dog prefers blue dog, or red. Dog fashion trends are just, <laughs> I did discover the dog does not like wearing dog shoes, so I should go with the dog sweater. Well, if you live in the city, dog shoes are 
are a big thing. Because well, and that, walking on all, pavement. All of that pavement, And this, yeah. they live in New York, so they would be useful. But the, uh, my mother said that my sister told her the dog refused to have the boots put on him. So, Well, it is a little humiliating. <laughs> well, and this is a complete aside, but I agree with you. Every picture you see of a pet with clothes on, it has that look like, why do you humans subject me to this? Uh, anyway, so we, uh, by the way, we're talking today about uh, how to budget for your holiday spending. We're always looking for your personal finance questions as well. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. And our producer, Liz Gill, has gathered these tips from various articles. Uh, we'll have the links to the Fox Business, My Money Coach, Your Money articles on our webpage. So if you hear something that piques your interest about uh, saving and planning for holiday spending, uh, you can go to our webpage to find the links and get some more information. Uh, so anything uh, else about uh, budgeting, holiday budgeting, planning, I guess maybe not just for um, your gift giving, but if you're one who hosts holiday soirees. Yeah, because, you know, that's a, a great thing about the holidays is having those gatherings and you can get carried away with those meals and things that you plan. Um, I would go back to what I talked about before, which is our jobs numbers look really good. And I think there's going to be that temptation to feel like, hey, it's all great and I'm working and everybody's working and we can just blow it out and put it all on the credit card. And that does concern me. So I want you to everyone just to go back and, and be reasonable as you go into this season. Think about it beforehand. Yes. <laughs> and I would say, too, that, uh, you know, if you do have a holiday party, maybe have most of the stuff. But I think people do enjoy making things and bringing things. So it might be one of those where, hey, if you're coming, bring along a casserole yeah, or something. Yeah, I, and I have to confess, I, I tend to overdo it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just overthink it and I just have way too much. And, um, so and then I you can to, just have like a second and a third party yeah, off of the, or, off or of the leftovers. Or waste a lot. And that really bothers me, too. That, that would just leave them wanting more. So, you know, if only I'd gotten here a half hour earlier, I would have gotten some of just, Nancy's you know, fabulous meatballs. a meatball for each person <laughs> who's coming. Yeah, that would be it. That would be for, hey, you, you've already had your meatball. Put that <laughs> <Yes>. down. <laughs> okay, time to take our first break. Do you have any tips to share with our listeners on how to handle holiday spending? If so, you can call us and share it with us. We'd appreciate that. Also, we always are looking for your personal finance questions, so give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring We'll continue our discussion. Discussion after the break. Uh, what about an app to help with holiday spending? We'll talk about that when we get back. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions.
You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. If you ever miss part of the show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org to listen again. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. And we are demanding the Monster Mash. Okay, that's yes. right. Let's get some Liz, come on. Halloween Monster music Mash. in there before we jump ahead several holidays into Christmas. Uh, so before the break, we mentioned some apps that might help your holiday spending and planning. Uh, there's Santa's Bag for Apple iPhones. It's a fun and easy-to-use app to help you manage your Christmas gift receipts, planning, shopping, and budgets. And I would say the gift receipt is a good idea. If you get uh, the wrong dog sweater size, you can always get the, a refund or an exchange there. Uh, there's Elfster, Elfster that's available on iOS and Android. It's a secret Santa generator which lets you draw names and set up gift wish lists. Christmas Planner and Gift List Manager are just some of the apps that can help you during this festive season. Now, I've never been, the, I'm confused of the Secret Santa and the Dirty Santa. I, I'm not sure. Well, Secret Santa is is a serious gift. Okay. And uh, it's just that it's a way to, instead of buying a, a gift for every single person on your list, then you just buy one gift for uh, that list okay. and everybody swaps names. Basically that. And it's, you may not Especially tell. for a, f- a friend group who, right, you right, know, right. it's like a lot of people, but, you know. And you keep it a secret, I think, until at least the gift is opened and they don't know who is shopping for them. Yeah. But now, Dirty Santa is your um, a game that basically you show up with. Most of the time, it's gag gifts, it's or like sometimes the, the white elephant gifts. Yeah, the white yeah. elephant gifts, and you're you're uh, swapping them around, and whoever ends up with the worst gift. I mean, that's kind of like the gag. <laughs> Shamed in goes yeah. home. And, okay, so the, the Secret Santa, if we had three of us, it would be I'd possibly buy something for you, and then you wouldn't know who, who was shopping for you till I open it up, and right. there was your right. whatever, your dog sweater. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how big she is. Now, okay. now, now we know what it is. <laughs> We've got a caller on the line, so let's say good morning to Pat, who's called in from Hattiesburg. Pat, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Uh, hi, I'm so glad to have gotten through. Um, I was thinking that it would be a good idea at Christmas time to save the big gifts for birthdays and ho- other holidays and give everybody, if you have more than one child, an equal amount of gifts. And like one child won't say, you gave him a Game Boy, you gave me a doll. That's not fair. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that's a good tip, Pat. And that, that makes sense that way because a birthday is more of a special, you know, we recognize that. It's all about that, that one person. Right. Yeah. And so that's when they get the good stuff. And then on Christmas, just kind of share it out there, even it out. So Reasonable gifts for everybody. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, Pat, great call. Thank you for the suggestion. Quick story here. Used to uh, The guy who used to be the manager at this radio station here used to spend holiday time with his family. He has two kids that were both teenagers, about a year and a half apart. And I remember going over there one year, and the younger kid answers the door and says, my brother got more stuff than I did. Well, this was before that either child had opened the shoebox that, with a bunch of loose paper, there was a $100 bill at the bottom of the box. And I'm thinking to myself, here you are complaining about it, and you haven't even got 
gotten to the hundred dollar bill yet. I haven't got so. the big one. Well, and and so um, Pat's call was good. It kind of reminds me, also, especially for family gifts, it kind of depends on how you what y'all's holiday tradition is. You know, if you sit around for hours in the morning opening gifts, then don't just get like oh one child gets one large valuable thing because then they're sitting there for the rest of the time not opening gifts. And so you know, break up you know a larger gift into smaller gifts, or just do a series of smaller Take gifts. The computer apart and they just yeah, have yeah, the parts yeah. in different boxes. Exactly, exactly. Like the the fun never stops when yes. you do that. Yeah, just just snap it in half. Yeah, that's a really good way. You know, doing a series of smaller gifts because it's all about that experience of opening gifts with your family, mm-hmm. um, and then you know instead of just opening one and then watching your siblings get five, maybe less valuable. It maybe it didn't like cost maybe as he's much. Had that experience in the past. I, I just I just sense there's something coming out here. No. Then there's always the fun of, you know, you buy someone like a CD, uh, the CD, the music CD, and put it in a box like the size of a refrigerator, and then they keep opening the box yeah. and opening the box. Mm, yeah. Or you give them clues, and they have to run around the house and find their gift. That's a lot of fun, too. That is fun. Actually, we used to do that in my family. It got so bad that one year someone buried my gift in the backyard. So then wow. you know, I think we called a truce after that. Wow. <laughs> That's serious. <laughs> yes. John is on the line from Mobile. Good morning, John. You're on the air with us. Good morning. Um, what we've started doing for the adults that we typically would give gifts to that, uh, fortunately, uh, they don't have a lot of uh, needs in this world, if you will, uh, is give a donation to their favorite charity in their name. That's a good one. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially uh, the, um, if there's if you can find a connection uh, there or something. Maybe, uh, for right. instance, um, you know, my dad who passed away from Alzheimer's disease, maybe if someone, you know, it's something like that where you, the gift would be useful to that charity but also have a little bit of meaning uh, to the person either who's giving it or the person who's giving it to. So good call, John. Exactly. Thank you for that suggestion. Good idea. Because, you know, uh, I mean, adults do like getting gifts, but I think after a while you kind of run out of really things to get someone and uh, you know at a certain time in our lives we've accumulated i think enough stuff um so that's why you know if there's something you want you buy it for yourself right and so it becomes very difficult to find something that somebody wouldn't do that to a similar kind of idea i have is that you buy food gifts for someone because you know i think everybody appreciates a special sort of you know maybe cheese plate or something like that Mm. Um, oh that reminds me of our famous story the cheese plate that's been around for years the woman that uh it was regifted soft cheese if i remember correctly (laughs) so that was one of the few times that i maybe it was about 10 years old was that (laughs) it that's what i remember it's an aged cheese (laughs) (laughs) i do not regift soft cheese that's my only thought on that wow I'm appalled. Yeah. After all these years, it'll like, still make us both laugh. Like it that. does. Like I, I love food gifts, but that's a mm-mm. okay. I have my limits. <laughs> that's that's a health thing too, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. <laughs> Here's some other suggestions about holiday, trying to avoid holiday debt. The first one here on the list, uh, use cash. It will help you control and understand your spending limits. 
any thoughts on whether cash, do you think that is for most people spending cash as opposed to a debit or credit card would well, help them I, I limit? I think whatever works. And for some people having cash, maybe you keep it in a separate envelope and mm-hmm. this is my uh, Christmas cash I'm going to use and when it's gone, it's gone. My problem with cash is that I really then can't account for it. Where mm. did I spend that? Whereas if I used a card, I can quickly look on my card and see where that money went. So whatever works as as far as what can constrain your spending. Yeah. So this is a classic suggestion whenever, you know, saying, you know, how to stick to a budget. Oh, just use cash. You'll never spend more than that. Um, uh, and so if, if you have just, you know, you have a serious problem when you have that card in your hand, you're just going to swipe it for anything or you're always going to justify a little extra when you have that card in your hand, then yeah, absolutely. Just restrict yourself to cash or just don't leave the house um, and unplug the computers. Don't shop online. <laughs> um, but, f- you know, <laughs> one problem is you're always going to, okay, you know, I'm going to the mall. I'm taking my, you know, budgeted cash, but I'm going to take my credit card because I might need to get some food or some gas along the way. And then all of a sudden I have my credit card. It's like, oh, well, you know, why not? So if you, if, if it's a big issue for you, there, that might not be the only thing you need to do to, to rein in your spending. Also, another idea along that line, too, if you are to make dedicated shopping, I'm only going to go get Christmas gifts. So therefore, I will not bring the credit card because if I need to stop off at the grocery store, I'll do that in a separate trip. That might help as well. Mm -hmm. The second one on the list is interesting, seeing that we just talked a little bit about this. If you want to use a credit card, use only one card. If you have several, choose the card with the lowest interest rate and leave the others at home. Using only one card makes it easier to keep track of what you've spent and you don't forget that you have a small balance left and get uh, an overdue charge. Although that was the thing on my card, it, it was three months or maybe it was because of the amount but there was no overdue it was just the 12 cents interest so it was oh no, you're fortunate yes yeah, yeah well that's it's one of my better cards so um yeah with a ten dollar balance a thirty dollar yeah. payment <laughs> yeah. every month for three yeah. months really would have been noticeable yeah. <laughs> and i tend to use just uh i have one main card that i put a, mm-hmm. basically yep. everything on and i put it on this card because the points that i get mm-hmm. on that card now sometimes i get slapped in the face which is a good thing at the end of the month and go, oh my gosh, how did I do that? This must be wrong. <laughs> and then I look at the list and go, oh, I did oh, do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's a, just a kind of a good general budgeting tip uh, as well. I mean, I have two cards, but one I use for strictly necessary things like gas and groceries because it gives me great points on gas and groceries and that's it. And then the other one I use for pretty much anything else. So when I look at the when I look at the balance on that one, I know that's been all my discretionary spending. That's been my going out. That's been my travel. That's been my shopping. And I know exactly what that number is because it's just that one number on the balance of the card. We are talking about ways to avoid accumulating some holiday debt when you think about uh, your gift shopping coming up in the next couple of months. We always look for your personal finance questions as well. So if you have a question, you can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. The next one on the list, I think, is a good one. Avoid signing up for store credit cards. They make it some great offer. They usually give you some you know, discount right at the uh, at the at the register. I know I went to Academy Sports the other day and bought something. 
And she said, well, you know, if you get a credit card, it'll be, you know, less cheaper, you know, $15 cheaper or whatever. And I said, I wasn't paying much attention. And then I said, I, I wasn't sure if that was the right price. And she said, well, no, like I said, you can get it cheaper. I was like, what, wait, what, what? Oh, yeah, just apply for the store credit card. And I was like, nah, I don't need another. Oh, sure you do. Come on. You need another oh, credit no. card. Yeah, yeah because they probably yeah. get a little commission yeah. if you sign yeah. up. But uh, Nancy over here was I, hanging I, her head in shame I as know. you read out that this tip. Is, this is my Achilles heel because it's like, you know, give me a deal, I'm taking it. And the only thing that stopped me uh, from doing this is when we had the Equifax breach, I froze my credit. And so now that my credit is frozen, when they offer me this, I just have to say, I'm sorry, I can't. My credit is frozen. So maybe that's a good budgeting tip. It's yeah, just freeze, freeze your, your credit, credit. <laughs> like cancel all your cards. You know, so one thing about this, though, because some stores do offer some pretty low large discounts for signing up for a credit card. Um, one, and I'd say, why can they do that, Ryder? Because they charge you a ton of interest afterwards. So they give you a 20% discount, and then they charge you 30% interest, and that's how they make their money. Um, also, they, they get fees every time you swipe the card. Um, but when a store does have a particularly good deal going on, and you maybe you kind of need a card anyway, you know you can budget it, because again, never spend on a card what you can't just pay in cash at the end of the month anyway. Anyway, um, but if you're strategic and you're having a, you have a very large purchase. I had a friend uh, who did this at a men's clothing store, and he needed two new suits, and he had a student discount, and they signed up for the credit card, so he ended up getting basically half off of two very nice new suits. And you know, he was otherwise very good about using the credit card. I think it may have been his first or second credit card, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like he had fifteen in his in his case, but using it very strategically, um, but don't use a store card any any different than you would a regular card. And we're now seeing store cards that are Visas or MasterCards, yep. mm-hmm. so it's not just limited to that store. You can use that card everywhere, mm-hmm. and that would be an advantage if you want to choose one. Well, to me, that would be a disadvantage because what helped me control spending on a store card was you could only spend it in that store, so you knew if you were somewhere else, that card wasn't getting spent. But now Mm. if it's a Visa card or a MasterCard, you can go anywhere. And then, you know, at one time I had a Walmart credit card because you can buy just about anything at Walmart. So which probably. And you get the great discounts on the uh, fuel. The fuel points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's get a call in before our next break. We say good morning to Marsha in Jackson. You're on the air with us, Marsha. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was listening to you all talking about taking cash along rather than credit cards. But there were some disadvantages to that, and mm-hmm. um, I have one of those refillable debit cards, and not one that's actually connected to my checking account, but mm. one that's same bank, but it's, you, have, you have to refill it out of your checking account. Might I, might I suggest that you, um, you know, put that cash on that credit card? And then you go out and, or that debit card, and then you go out and just use the debit card. And if you're disciplined enough, when you run out of money, that's the end, you know, on the on the credit card, that's the end of it. Plus, it keeps track of what you've spent and where. 
that that I'm thinking that might be a compromise for some folks. That's a good idea. Basically, it's just a prepaid card. Mm-hmm. It's a prepaid card. Yeah, right. and so you're 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 using it just like you would cash, except you have that good accounting, which we talked about. You know, sometimes it's hard to figure out where you spent that money. My exactly. one caution about that is watch mm-hmm. out for any kind of fees that are attached to that, because often those prepaid cards may have up to a three percent charge on top of that. Well, that's that's a good point. I'm I, I'm not sure about mine because I spend uh, you know the whole thing whenever I you know I don't think I do have one. But yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Good call, Marcia. Thanks for that tip, and that's something that certainly you can do some research on the front end to make sure you get the best deal. But, yeah, fees is something to watch out for with uh, when you do the gift card or the prepaid cards. We need to take another break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking about controlling your holiday spending to make sure you don't accumulate a lot of holiday debt. If you have a spending-related comment or question or a personal finance question, you can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So when and where do you do your holiday shopping? We'll tell you what most Americans do after this break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. When my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We're talking today about uh, ways to avoid accumulating holiday debt when you go about your spending for gifts or parties or other things that are associated with the holiday season. Uh, Before the break, we asked when and where most Americans do their shopping. And this is kind of surprising to me because according to research, 10% of us leave our shopping until Christmas Eve. Uh, I, you know, to me, you, you don't find much stuff left. So thankfully, that most, explains my gifts. Well, right say, there. most yeah. people who shop for me apparently <laughs> don't wait until Christmas Eve because, I, you know, I've been caught a couple of times and really it's, you know, it's it's pretty bare. By I, that my point. husband loves to do it that way. He thinks it's like this great adventure and everybody's in this wonderful mood and you're, it's just Christmas Eve. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. Great. Great adventure is one way to describe that. Yeah. Skipping through the stores and the empty shelves, the occasional thing thrown on the shelf left over behind. The anxiety of not finding what you came for. Bloodstains on the floor from Black Friday <laughs> fights. It's all fun. Uh, according to OpenX and the Harris Polls annual holiday report, the 2019 holiday shopping season will be the first where more shopping will happen online than in brick and mortar stores. 53% of holiday purchases are wow. expected to take place digitally. That is huge. I mean, we wow. st- if we look at it overall, we still see that our online purchases only represent 
represent about 15% of the total. But that's, I mean, that climbs a lot every year. It does. You know? It does. And then this statistic, which shows that we are now uh, tipping over when it comes to Christmas, that's our big retail season. Yeah. And of course, that doesn't include things, you know, the large things that people are only buying, you know, offline, like their groceries and stuff, mostly. To me, if you have uh, gifts you need to send to relatives who live in other parts of the country, that's the advantage of online helpful. shopping yeah. is that you can ship directly to them and, and you don't um, have to worry about that. I just was that. reading because I have I have some family overseas and um, I, you know it becomes a problem as far mm. as how do you do this and can you ship things because you have to go through customs and the taxes and all of that. But one suggestion was to sign up for an Amazon UK because they live mm-hmm. in um, London. Uh, uh, an account because then you can order and have it shipped directly to them. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, you just find so much more stuff. I mean, you can find very specific things. You can find handcrafted things from folks all over um, that you're just not necessarily going to find in your local Target or Walmart. Well, I, w- I would agree, too, because when you shop online, you can type in something and it's going to pull up several mm-hmm. things where if it's, you know, sometimes in a store, uh, you've got to go searching to try to find the thing and then find out that they don't necessarily sell that thing. And, and all those weird things that you've been getting Facebook ads for all year, you can now think, okay, who needs this weird thing <laughs> so that I can just buy it and get it out of my head? Uh, we talked last segment about uh, kind of uh, planning your your holiday spending. One tip I like, too, it says, uh, to build your holiday budget, trim discretionary expenses over the next couple of months. Cut back on dining out or going to the movies or temporarily cancel a couple of monthly subscription services, and then you'll have a little bit of extra money. And this harkens back to something that's a little bit old school, I think, was the the Christmas Club. I was just thinking the same thing, and I think that's a good idea with a Christmas Club is is you're going to save every month through mm-hmm. the year, and then when it's time to do your Christmas shopping, there it is. That's how much money you have to spend. Yeah, really get into that giving spirit earlier and start start giving all of your free time and your, and your discretionary expenses um, towards planning your Christmas. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a personal finance question or a question or comment about controlling your holiday spending and avoiding accumulating a lot of holiday debt that you'll be regretting in the new year. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 7464 You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So we have some shopping tips here, and I think we all enjoy the first one. Sneak into the mall. So oh, yeah. It, thinking, it doesn't you know, say, it says avoid the busy times. I wonder if they mean avoid when people are there at all. <laughs> Just sneak in. It's midnight. Nobody's there. You can get all the deals. That would be kind of fun, though. You know, you sneak past the security guard, make sure you don't trip the alarm. You know? See, that's the great adventure of shopping <laughs> on Christmas sure Eve. I'm not sure we should be doing this. <laughs> Actually, the tip is pick off-peak times to, to do your shopping. Hitting the stores yeah, during the but, day might save you some time. but a lot of us time. can't do that. You know, if you work during the day, you know, True. typical hours. And that's why online has gained such uh, momentum, because you can do it at midnight. Do, do they mean off-peak times like January through October? <laughs> like not November, December? And I would say, too, when it gets super crowded, it's obviously. But to me, during the holiday season, it sometimes but, is fun. But some to, people like that. Yeah. Some people like that. Um, um, Black Friday, which is now 
gone into Thursday. (laughs) Um, And they like that experience. I'm not into that. I don't like the crowds. I don't want to have to fight for all of that. But some people do. I I kind of enjoyed the challenge of a mall when they were more popular to navigate. But the whole thing of elbow people out of the way. 15 people fighting for some washcloths at Walmart, I thought. obviously, Or showing up on Tuesday and tucking that special toy into the back of a (laughs) shelf so nobody else finds it. Oh, now that's a good idea. Oh, do you not know that trick? <laughs> no, because I don't I do not do Black Friday shopping, but now I might. There's a Seinfeld episode where George hides a suit in a very similar fashion, and I think he ends up, uh, he, he, I think he gets it. Uh, eat before you go and take a bottle of water along. This will help you s- avoid extra spending, maybe at the food court. Right. Or the, the problem when you're shopping like that is low blood sugar. And now everybody is just at everybody else's throat. <laughs> you slip a little granola bar in yeah, your bag. Yeah, a little candy bar there. Now, I'm not sure I agree with this next one. Shop online to inv- avoid spontaneous purchases. Buy as many gifts as possible online to avoid the temptation of picking up extra bits in the shops. To me, especially if you get on a site like Amazon, it's it's fairly easy to... Well, Divert yourself. One, one way to avoid that even is, uh, especially if you just give yourself a little time, is to go ahead and fill that cart and then leave it there for a couple of days and go back and say, now, do I really want to... Think real hard about yeah, what you've done. Think about what you've done. Think about those purchases uh, before you click that uh, order button. Now, see, I like that one because that way you can sort of do all your impulse shopping. But again, you're giving yourself a couple of days to go back and look and think, oh my gosh, did I actually put nine things in my cart, you know, that sort of thing. Well, I would say if you have a list, online shopping works really well if you have a list because you can just type in the item, click, put it in my cart, and and you're good to go. But if you have a list and you walk into a store, you are still having to walk by everything else. So while Amazon does, you know, plenty of online shopping stores, they do recommend things. Uh, If you go read a review of something, someone might mention something else. Um, There is that temptation, but when you're focused on a list, I I think that online shopping is particularly good for the consumer there. Also, I think if you're buying for someone who maybe just been acquaintance and not a close friend or family member, the wish list is always, always helpful because then at least you know you're buying them something that, that they want. Uh, start buying presents now. We talked about that if you, you got a little bit of extra time. Uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday can offer big savings, but you might find better deals at other times. So start checking prices now so you know what's a good deal and what to skip. Being frugal with holiday meal shopping can go far. Let go of some food traditions and focus on what your eaters like. You'll have wet, less wasted food and less money wasted as well. That's what I need to do because I end up wasting a lot uh, when I go overboard. Yeah, you might actually, you know, throw out a, you know, what what is it would you like? What, what's your favorite, you know, holiday thing so that you compare that down uh, so that you don't have a lot of Because that is true. I mean, I know we have a, a holiday get together here at work and, the, the, you know, there's 10 things of potato salad or whatever and it's like there's a lot of food left over so uh, maybe a little planning will help on that uh, both for your private parties and your holiday uh, get togethers because potato salad doesn't freeze well (laughs) nor should you re-gift it Uh, Kathleen from Osaka is on the line for us good morning Kathleen Lord, Lord, don't you know that online is going to drive me crazy? I'm start calling myself anti-digital. When you shop, <laughs> when you shop, yeah, they say I kidded the couple of the guys on the show different times. They go, "Who's this?" I said, "Anti, anti who? Anti-digital." I'm one of those people. If they got a sale on a different size on a brand I use, I want to take it right there. 
the online's great for people, yeah, but how are you going to have any choice? You know, you eliminate that. So uh, not too keen on that. And I'll say our Walmart here has decided they put in all these scanners. Well, I'd like to see them around the holidays because last year they were 25, 30 feet back in a row on every cashier they had. And there's people like me, uh, can't get it out of the basket, we're so short. And uh, we lean in, we fall in, and have to call for help. And there's no cashiers to pull you out the basket. <laughs> anyway, oh, no. I, have to, I have to laugh at myself about the situation. But I'm still, this online shopping, I know it's good. I know it's good. But um, they don't, shouldn't devote the whole store to the scanners with no people there. Uh, if something, they ring up the wrong price in the scanner, you say, this is on sale. Who do you talk to? The machine doesn't speak English. So I'll just leave you with that little bit of curmudgeon this morning. <laughs> y'all, y'all have a good day. All right. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Very well, you know, well. something I've noticed is that um, uh, it seems the stores I've been going in have less inventory. And so the shelves are barer, and I think maybe uh, that is because there is a push even for bricks-and-mortar store to push you to purchase online so that mm. they carry less in the store, and then you can, okay, I, they don't have my size. I can order it online. Uh, I have a tip uh, for if you shop at Walmart. Um, you know, they've got those little things where you're supposed to stick the price code under there to find out the price. Well, half the time they don't work or they're turned off. But every Walmart associate has the little handheld right, price yeah. thingy. See, so so, steal it from them. No. <laughs> you ask them to uh, give you the While price. they're stocking that shelf, just whiz by and grab it and go. Well, and the other day I bought a $10 lamp and I was looking for a light bulb. The light bulb was like $15. So I said, nah. So I got a $2 light bulb at Croker. I bet that $10 lamp is fine, don't you, Ryder? <laughs> it does the work. It lights up the room, and that's all I care about. Well, you could have just had a bare bulb. <laughs> well, if I'd, I should have thought about that. Just stick it, you know, sitting there. Uh, <laughs> stick a bulb right in the outlet. <laughs> Boom. Done. Light. Candles. That's what I should have thought of. Hey, we need to take one final break. We'll get back a couple of emails to share, and we're still looking for your questions, uh, personal finance questions, or your comments and questions about limiting holiday shopping so you avoid holiday debt, uh, that debt hangover at the beginning of next year. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one 672 or you can email. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Like the ghost of Christmas future, we've got a warning for you if you don't heed this advice. That's coming up after the break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've been talking about ways to control your holiday spending so that you don't accumulate a, ho- a lot of holiday debt. And uh, because the average time to pay off that Christmas debt is five months. That is shocking to me. Yeah, that's almost half the next year. So. Wow. And that's just in time to get started planning for your next Christmas spending. <laughs> yeah. Of course, some people never pay it off. They just let it roll from one year to the next. Shoppers with holiday bills racked up an average of $1,230 in debt last year. That's according to the finance site Magnify Money. That was from a 2018 survey. So again, as we talked about, obviously, if you want to make sure that you're not paying off your Christmas debt through the middle of the next year, uh, do some things and limit the spending on the front end. And I think, uh, you know, do do some things, find some meaningful gifts. You're the people who receive the gift because, you know, my, and this might sound a little bit too trite, but I do think the whole idea of the fact that you took some time to get whatever it is for me, I, I appreciate that. The idea of spending a time thinking about someone and getting them the gift, I think most of us appreciate if that. If you yeah. do that, if you really think about the recipient and what they would like, um, and then you tailor that gift to them, yeah, it's special. Yeah, and and you don't want to know that somebody went into debt for a gift no, for you. That's, yeah. that's just awful. And, I, you know, and we talk a lot about debt and spending on this show, but, you know, of the things to go into debt for. Um, holiday spending should not be one of them. Um, you know, always live within your means, but even around the holidays, you know, um, you know, being more thoughtful with your gifts, being more intentional with your gifts, doing more things where it's spending time with people and having experiences with people that might not cost as much as just an extravagant gift are probably more meaningful and probably better in the long run um, than, than, you know, the gifts. Well said. Uh, this is an email here. And by the way, this uh, illustrates that a- even when we have a special subject like we do today, we're always looking for general personal finance questions. And this email says, good morning. You've advised against annuities as an investment. Since my wife and I already have a significant amount in annuities, I'd like to know why you're not enthusiastic about them. Well, the first is they tend to be very high expense products, um, high commissions, high expenses. Most of them have long-term surrender charges, and uh, which is how they can pay those high commissions. So anywhere from six to nine years, once you put your money in there, you're limited on how much you can take out. Now, they'll say, oh, you'll, we'll let you take out 10%. But often you might have a situation where you need more than that, and they're just not very flexible, and the money's not accessible. Um, and you're then limited on is it a fixed annuity where they pay a certain amount of interest or is it a variable annuity where you're limited to their fund choices? They're just better options out there. Um, what I see a lot of times in annuities, um, besides obviously the high fees that Nancy mentioned, are they have just 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 wild features. You know, oh, you'll get the stock market return, but you'll never lose money. Um, and if you go through and you read the, four, the, yeah, the, the 400 the details. pages of fine print like I uh, have then you know what you see is it, it is it is not as explained and and what ends up happening is because when you get an annuity when you get an annuity it is a contract it's not it's not really an account where you have money it is a contract where the annuity company will you know they've promised to pay this money in the future um, they haven't promised that you can get it all at once they haven't promised that they're gonna keep it you know in a pile just for you. Um, um, 
and so what they're doing is, you know, they'll calculate some number and be like, oh, this is your kind of imaginary return and we're going to base. But it is imaginary. Um, but actually, your actual cash value there just keeps uh, going down because of fees and because of how those features work. Also, they get very, very complex. Yeah, and also annuities can complicate your ability to pass on to your heirs. Um, whereas if it was just in a straight portfolio and you passed it on, then they basically have no or little tax consequences to take that money and go. If it's an annuity, when they take that money out, there will be tax consequences to them. I think for a lot of folks, it's just not going to be an important part or a good uh, tool in their financial future. And um, just the, the products just get so complicated and they're very, very much oversold. All right. Here's an email from an avid uh, MPB listener in Poplarville. She says, stop buying gifts just to be buying someone a gift. By this, I mean, when you you. don't know what to get your great uncle, you get handkerchiefs or socks. Uncle Jack probably already has a drawer full of handkerchiefs and socks. Many gifts that are bought are items that are cheaply made and don't last long. It's much better to give a gift of self. By this, I mean, perhaps a handmade coupon or something done fancy on the computer for a home cooked meal, a back rub, a trip to the grocery store for someone who doesn't drive a fresh baked cake. A decorated cake for a birthday party if you're a cake decorator, washing the car, babysitting, a dinner out sometime in the future. Uh, You get what she means. One of my late father's most treasured gifts was a coupon book that I gave him for all manner of things over 30 years. Save money, save stress, and give people a true gift. I think that's fantastic. Very good. So we've got about a minute left, and uh, we've got uh, Anne on the line from Savannah. Anne, we're running out of time, so if you could be brief. Very quickly, we had a lot of children one year and very little money, and we didn't know it was overwhelming. So my husband came up with this idea of having shares and then dividing the shares uh, of the money that we had available. And he also figured out that the older children, their gifts were usually more expensive. The younger children, they weren't quite as much, and they were easily satisfied. And at first I thought it sounded so kind of, you know, analytical and, and cold, and then I realized you could you could manage it, and it just turned out fantastic. The last thing is, we took them, we gave um, each of the children um, a, a spending amount to go to a local Goodwill store, and they could buy gifts for, for each other, and they were so creative and so amazing, and they had so much fun giving, so it was a splendid Christmas. I think that's a fantastic idea. You made a whole event out of out of the children buying gifts for each other, and that was a gift for themselves. It was just that's fantastic. All right, Ann, thank you. Good good way to end our show today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast. Just search for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener is Java Chapman. So for Dr. Nancy Lotcher-Janderson and Ryder Taff. I'm Kevin Farrell. Up next, it's our Tuesday 10 a.m. show in legal terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks heard only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 